This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Because this is nuts, man. Paying off $200,000 is going to be something that you and your family are going to remember for a long time. is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. My name is Andy Hill, and today we're answering another question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. And after our question, we're highlighting another Money Master of the Week. And last but not least, our FinTech Spotlight segment this month will feature Chris Hutchins. He is the founder and CEO of Grove, a company that is dedicating itself to giving accessible and affordable financial advice to everyone. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our question of the month comes in from Dr. Joe from South Dakota. Hey, Andy, I've been listening to multiple personal finance podcasts for some time now, and I appreciate the authenticity and honesty you convey through your message. Thanks, Joe. Like you, I have a young family, wife plus two kids, a house and a blessed life. However, I do have a mountain of student debt around $200,000 that I've accumulated through my doctorate in chiropractic that creates considerable stress in our little world. We are working to pay that down as much as possible, but man, it is hard to get ahead of. We are also blessed to currently have my wife's loans paid off, no credit card debt, no car payments, and our only bills are the mortgage and my loans. At the same time, we understand the importance of setting ourselves up and our kids for the future, and we're trying to put away money as well so we can take advantage of compounding interest. But it is hard to know what right, what's the right path, especially with all the quote-unquote experts out there. All the above can cause a person to feel stuck in the mud and just throw their hands up in the air and continue to put it off. But your podcast has been really helpful for us. We understand that it is very much a work in progress, but through the confidence that your podcast has provided, we know that it is possible to be debt-free and to finally see that net worth start to creep into the green for once. Any advice or resources you think might benefit us would be highly appreciated. Thank you from Dr. Joe. Thanks for writing in, Dr. Joe. And I, I really appreciate all the kind words and compliments that um, I remember getting your email and it really just jacked me up that day. It made me feel like um, made me feel like we're, we're doing something great here with the show. So thank you very much for that compliment. I definitely have some thoughts on this and I will share them with you right now. But I thought it would be fun to include someone who specifically focuses on helping doctors with their unique financial situations. That's why I've invited Ryan Inman on the show today. He's a financial planner and the host of the Financial Residency Podcast, which is dedicated to the financial well-being of doctors. His financial wisdom has been featured in Entrepreneur, Go Banking Rates, and U.S. News and World Report. Most importantly, Joe... He's a family man like you and I. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me here. So, Ryan, I had uh, I shot you over Joe's question a couple days ago mm-hmm. because I know you often 
have questions in situations like this with your clients. A lot of student debt, but hopefully, um, you know, they got a good shovel to dig themselves out. So what what general advice do you think uh, we could give Joe today? Well, uh, of course, you know, thanks for having me on again. And, and Andy, I'm, I'm really excited to actually read Joe's email because you do have an awesome show. I love the show. I think you do a great job. And so, uh, you know, take that uh, how, how you will. But uh, thanks, man. I appreciate Joe's, that. Of course. But with Joe's uh, email, so I can just say, like, from a physician perspective, like my average client has 283000 of debt. So um, the average chiropractor is about 240 250 So, Joe, the idea that you're at 200 roughly, um, and it's causing some stress. I could understand why it causes stress, but at the same time, know that you're actually below the average uh, for that. So that should make you feel a little bit better. When we're referencing getting stuck in the mud, it's it's hard to, to break away from when you're in the details and you're, you're in it so much. Um, but I would say, one, your, your mountain of student debt isn't a true mountain. And I think that you're doing an excellent job with having no other loans, no credit card debt, no car payments, and, and really it's just like a mortgage and um, and the loans. And I was telling Andy before we get on here, I think something really neat with that you could do when you feel stuck is to, to show some type of visualization. So, um, you know, we were talking about that, that thermometer that they have at fundraisers, right? And it's, you know, got their target at the top. Um, I think you should take that kind of concept, create it with the kids, um, and do something where, um, you know, it's it's a, a, a yardstick, a thermometer, whatever it is. And at every 50K increments that you've paid off, you have um, some type of celebratory thing. So uh, let's say you've got a, a 50K, um, you, you've taken the kids to, uh, out to uh, something fun, a park or a dinner or, or a, a movie. I don't know actually how old your kids are, but um, doing something fun with the family. You can spend money to do this. It doesn't have to be extravagant. Um, I would reward yourself when you have paid off that 200K. Um, by not obviously getting in debt, but to do something uh, really fun um, and something that you guys as a family would love uh, enjoying uh, to do together. But that would be some way that I would start from at least that process. I think that's a great idea. I love celebrating the wins because if we're going through this process and there's probably going to be a little bit of like reduction on the spending in order to get there. So you're going to feel like a little bit, man, okay, I'm not having fun while I'm plowing through this 200,000, but make those milestones and, and make some fun out of it and put some, put some fun into it. I I like your idea of doing something fun with the kids. So it's memorable because this is nuts, man. Paying off $200,000, which you're going to do, Dr. Joe is going to be something that you and your family are going to remember for a long time. So document it, have fun with it, you know, make that thermometer. I think that's a great idea. And then every time you hit one of those 50 K marks, have some fun with it. So uh, you know, what about, um, Ryan, what about just generally, you know, uh, I guess maybe changing some of our lifestyle in order to hit that because paying off $200,000, unless you want to do that for the next 30 years of your life, some things have to change. I mean, what can we do to, to help them grow the gap between the income and the expenses during this time frame? Yeah. And when you said thermometer, it actually got me thinking, Dr. Joe, you should actually have it be a spine. And ah, there we go. Kind of like 50 K. Yep. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I got to I got to bring in some cheesy reference, but actually I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a nerd. Um, so, you know, I, I think one, he's, they're doing a great job. Like there's, there's no other debt. So, you know, yeah, there might be some, a little lifestyle adjustment here and there, but I would really come at it from a, a behavioral side. It, it's pretty clear that, that Joe um, and his family don't have 
um, they, they, they have some financial acumen. They understand what they're doing enough that because um, he's, he's referencing investing and saving, setting up stuff for the kids future. I think he's maybe trying to think of a lot of things and maybe there's some paralysis uh, of what do I do first? Right. Um, and I, I would actually step back and, and as opposed to setting up new accounts and, and getting things together, step back and go, what do we really want out of life? What is that ideal life look like? I, more importantly, like, what are we saving this money for? What are we using this money for? When you referenced um, setting up the kids' uh, success for future, like, is that to pay for all of college, part of college, grad school? Like, how does that look? Right? Again, we don't know how old his kids are. If they're two and four like mine, you got a long time to save. Um, so let's prioritize maybe some of that debt. And if your student debt is at six and a half, seven percent, you know, weighted average, you probably should refinance it. Um, I'd go to something like Credible. Um, they have like 80 percent of the, the it's a marketplace for student debt. And they have like 80 percent of the companies that, that do uh, in terms of the whole debt pool. Um, so you're going to get good rates there because they compare all the like Kayak or Expedia, but for student debt. Um, go there, refinance your debt. If it's a 10-year repayment, you know, you're probably going to be in five, five and a half percent, um, assuming you have decent credit. So that will help reduce some of the interest. That interest that you're saving, I would just plow right back into principal. That way you can start loading it down or paying that debt down faster. Um, but I, I think they're in a decent spot. Like, I, I really don't look at it as like stuck in the mud. I know it's different when you're living it, but... Um, yeah, I, I think you're actually doing a, a good job as long as you're not overspending. And um, I can give them some examples of like fixed and variable and, and maybe, you know, from an expense standpoint, like if Joe, if you're writing uh, down a, a quote unquote budget or a spending plan, look at um, how much you're spending in fixed expenses. So that would be, you know, um, your rent or, or your home. Um, that would be insurance. It'd be, you know, utilities. Those kids, if they're going to school, if they've got costs associated with that, I actually put groceries inside that. Like everyone needs to eat. If you cooked everything at home, what would that cost? Um, and if you're spending more than 50% of your take-home pay in fixed expenses, that's where you should look first. It's not the Starbucks coffee that's going to break your budget. Yeah, changing the Even Netflix subscription is not going to do it on this one, right? <laughs> yay, eight bucks or twelve bucks or whatever Netflix is these days. Like that's not going to do it. Um, you know, if it's if you're spending seventy five percent of your income to to fixed expenses, including your debt, like one maybe refinance your debt if if that's the case to see if you can qualify for a lower rate. If that's if you've already done that, and that's not an option. Um, you know, maybe you live in too much house. I don't know. How, how their their structure, but or if they're renting, maybe they're renting too big of a home or an apartment, can downsize a little bit until they get this payment, until they get this payment going. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. So so uh, tracking it. Laying it all down, seeing exactly where your expenses are coming out of, taking a look at those big expenses, the fixed expenses, not necessarily looking at the you know the latte factor on this one, um, and then uh, refinancing if if you can, right? So I mean, if you could take that from seven percent to five percent, you know, especially for a longer period of time, that could save you a lot of money. Um, what his his points on um, you know uh, the we talked a little bit about the analysis paralysis on what to do next. Should he hold mm-hmm. off on investing? Uh, you know, in his uh, retirement accounts or 529s, I guess, you know, it all depends specifically on his situation. We don't have all the information right here, of course. but if he's paying off uh, 200,000 on debt and he's got 7% loans, does it make sense to, you know, to, to, to throw money in an IRA right now? Or what do you think? 
I, I, I so in general in nature, I don't know Joe's, uh, you know, full situation, but I'd say in general, like if he's got an employer sponsored plan, like a 401k and there's some type of matching, that's free money. Like I would generally pay, I'd, I'd put money into that to max that at 18,500 for this year. Um, it's cause you know, 3%, 5%, it's just, it's just found money essentially. Um, if they're, if the debt's at 7%, I'd refinance the debt. That's, that's definitely something I would look at doing. And hopefully your credit is in a position to do that. If it's not, um, and I know Andy's got some resources and there's some other good resource out there, like fix your credit. Right. And then, and then come back and, and refinance that. Um, and then I would look at, you know, an IRA, like it's once basically the tax day kind of comes and goes, like you, you lose the ability to go back and fund it. So I would be trying to max out all those, those pre-tax, um, kind of things. And again, I don't know his income level, if his wife works or doesn't work. Um, if you make too much money, do the backdoor Roth, if it's available, if not put this money right in the Roth, so that you're, you'll thank yourself in 30 years. Uh, well, actually, I guess we don't know how he is, but it's a young family. So I'm going to, I'm going to ballpark with some general assumptions. Joe again. sounds like he's our age, bud. <laughs> I know I, that's what I'm thinking, but you know, you never know. So, um, you know, but you, you'll thank yourself in 30, 35 years when you look at retiring and go, man, those, those contributions really added up like yeah. the, the power of compounding, right? He knows what he's doing. He's talking about compounding interest. So have the interest work for you in that, in that, in, you know, that compounding work for you, um, you know, with length of time in, in the market. Um, that's great. Yeah. I think, uh, Dr. Joe, I don't think you're going to be too surprised by the, the answers that uh, Ryan and I have gone through here and these solutions I, from the, from the way that you've written your email and the, the information that you have uh, provided to us, it sounds like you're in a great spot. Uh, a lot of this stuff is, is just, is, is just how it sounds. Write write exactly what you have, what you're making, and what you're spending. Find out where you can grow that gap between your, you know, your uh, your income and your expenses, and then just have some patience with the process and celebrate mm-hmm. it as you go through it. It will happen. It's going to take longer than you you know you probably want to, but it will happen. And uh, just stick with it and celebrate the the victories along the way. So, Ryan, I, I appreciate it, man. This was great. I wanted to bring an expert in who deals with this uh, on a daily basis. Um, so I appreciate you coming in. So what's going on at the uh, Financial Residency Podcast lately? Oh, we're just having a great time in season two, hanging out, bringing on some fun guests like yourself, which was uh, super, super amazing to have. It's a uh, it's actually a really well received uh, show. So you should know that. Excellent. I don't think I've Thank ever you. told you that, I but it's it, doing really well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're just out here educating, you know, young physicians um, and uh, on on the, the finance aspects that they never were trained during, uh, never given during their training. Absolutely. I mean, you get. Um you, you get the opportunity to go through school, you know, you get the debt and everything like that. You get the opportunity to make good money as a doctor, but there are still a lot of things you got to figure out with paying off debt. What do you invest in the different retirement options? And, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are looking to uh, provide you advice as, as Joe said in the email, the quote unquote yep. experts, but, uh, working with a qualified financial planner is a smart way to go. And, um, obviously, uh, if somebody's got a great podcast to, to help support with those messages, it's a great way to go too. So everybody check out uh, financial residency podcast to listen, uh, what uh, Ryan's all about. And if, uh, you're interested in connecting with them more where's the best place to go man yeah financialresidency.com and I, I i you know to come back on joe's thing really quick like a lot of physicians would like kill to be in joe's spot with where he's at financially so i, I really want to say like joe you are in a good spot you're doing the right things 
you didn't take out a ton of debt or you did and you paid it off. Focus on some of the student debt and just have some really good conversations with your family around what you want to use the money for and just trust the process and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, listening to, to blog or podcasts and reading blogs and um, you know, great resources like Andy's show. Ah, thanks, Ryan. Well, Ryan, this was a lot of fun. Thanks in, uh, for jumping in and having a great conversation with me. Uh, Joe, uh, I hope you get a lot out of this, man. And uh, thanks for thanks for the question. If you guys have a question like Dr. Joe, please contact me at Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I absolutely love answering these questions. And when I get an opportunity to bring somebody like Ryan on it, it's, uh, it's even more fun. So I hope it all uh, helps you as well. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into the show. It's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Carmen from New York called in to share a recent debt-crushing victory. Take it away, Carmen. Hey, my name is Carmen. I'm calling from New York City, and my recent money win is that I've paid off $57,000 worth of debt in two years and nine months. I actually did it two weeks ago. September 28th, 2018 was my debt-free date, and I did it by one 
implementing a budget into my overall money plan. It was something that I had never really done before, but I realized that, you know, if I could find a way to save more money, I could actually use a budget to pay off my debt. Um, so that's what I did. And then my second, uh, way of paying off, you know, $57,000 worth of debt in two years and nine months is I, um, you know, got focused on my debt plan and how I planned on tackling my debt. So I went about that through a a debt snowball kind of wrote out all of my uh, debts from smallest to largest and started tackling them that, that way. And I was able to celebrate at FinCon um, I kind of did a, a mini announcement to all of my followers and, uh, my next money goal is really to implement a emergency fund and start saving towards a home. Uh, so those are my goals. $57,000 in just under three years. That is some dedication. Carmen tracked her spending, paid her debt smallest to largest using the debt snowball method and she earned her debt freedom. Way to go, Carmen. Now she's ready to build a big emergency fund and to get her house. That is so cool. With her drive and her money not all going towards debt now, she'll get there in no time. If you want to follow Carmen on her path to financial independence, check her out at makerealsense.com. That's makerealsense.com. And the sense is C-E-N-T-S, everybody. Carmen, Thank you so much for sharing your win and congratulations for being our money master of the week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? Shoot me an email at Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Carmen did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. Tech Spotlight segment this month, we are featuring Grove, a company that is focused on providing certified financial planning for the rest of us. Not just the millionaires and the bagajillionaires, but for everyone. I've invited the founder of Grove, Chris Hutchins, to tell us more about Grove and how it can help us receive affordable and accessible financial advice. With Fortune, Business Insider, and Wall Street Journal all featuring Grove lately, I just had to learn more about this company that's making waves in the financial services industry. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Chris, there is a lot of distrust in the financial advising world. And I'll be honest with you, I've had some bad experiences myself. Why do you think there's so much distrust going on in the financial advising world right now? Yeah, I think a few things. So one uh, fun stat, nine out of 10 financial advisors are brokers and brokers have no legal obligation to act in your best interest. Uh, so that's a bit frightening when you think about, uh, you know, that being 90% of financial advisors. Throw on top of that, you know, everything that's happened with Equifax, with Wells Fargo. And like, it's, you know, it's uh, no surprise that people are not trusting financial institutions. It's just, yeah. it's, it's nine out of 10 that is just that that blows my mind. So you, you use the word fiduciary a lot on your on your site. And uh, yes. we've talked about that on the show. But let's remind people what that is and why it's an important word to know. Yeah. So when we take on a fiduciary obligation, we take on a legal responsibility to put our client's interest ahead of our own. Um, so we're we're operating in that capacity in in exclusivity we're not we don't have a dual registration where we can switch capacities that's that's where we're at all the time so okay outside of let's let's say we find somebody that that we like uh that we understand that that understands that maybe has our our best interest in mind 
Uh, even knowing that those folks are out there, why why is the adoption level so low for getting personal finance advice or, or professional financial advice? Yeah, I mean, the entire industry has been built, as you said in the intro, for people with lots of money. Uh, most financial advisors have a minimum to work with them. That minimum can be as low as half a million, as high as $10 million. And so it turns out most people don't have half a million dollars. So uh, if most financial advisors are working with millionaires and most people aren't millionaires, there's a disconnect. Uh, if you don't trust a lot of financial institutions and financial advisors, there's a reason not to work with them. Um, and if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s right now, and you look at a financial institution that's you know down the street, a Raymond James or something like that, you walk in, it's probably going to feel like an experience that's different from the experience you know you're used to having uh, with a lot of other products and services you use. Um, you know they're on your phone, they you know exist in a more casual environment, and you know aren't often a, you know an older person in a suit who kind of feels more like you know a generation one or two above. You than than someone that might understand your particular needs and goals and family. Got it. So, h- how big is this market that's looking for this help that is not in this millionaire and you know millionaire style? Like, what what, what kind of market are we looking at? And I know that's where you guys are focusing. So, h- how big is this market? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at. I mean, the market right now, just of people getting financial advice is in the, you know, 50 plus billion dollar range. Uh, if you're looking at who's not getting advice, I'd say it's, it's not as it's greater in people. It might not be greater in dollars of wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, but we look at, uh, you know, the twenties, thirties, forties generation, which is our target target demographic. And that's in the 20 million range of people or households. So there's millions of households out there who are in the kind of part of their lives where they're starting to think about getting married, buying a home, you know, changing jobs, having kids, the kind of things that really make life get complicated. And, um, that generation is kind of missing a solution. And, and that's what we're trying to build. Yeah. And that, that 20 million people you're talking about, <laughs> they're, they're, they're looking for help. They're, they're, they're listening to podcasts. They're reading blogs. They're like, somebody help me figure this out. Cause I can't afford $5,000 a year for somebody to help me figure this out. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, the average cost of working with a financial planner is over $2,500 right now. And that's out of the range of kind of possibility for a lot of people. And you know, I, th- I think it's hard to come across financial advice that you can trust that's free. And so, you know, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that the fi- best financial advice will be free. But at the same time, thousands of dollars is a really big expense for a lot of people. Yeah. So we're, we're talking a lot about the problem right now, obviously. And then today we want to talk about uh, what you have to offer as a solution. So let's talk about the genesis of Grove. Where did this all come yeah. from? How did you decide that this was something that was important that you wanted to lead? Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like personally crazy about finance. So if you go back and find anyone that's had a dinner with me for basically the last 20 years, it's uh, devolved into some conversation about retirement savings or budgeting or credit cards or points or miles. And I kind of go deep there. And as I kind of entered that, you know, late 20s, early 30s stage of life, I had a lot of friends that were all in that kind of transition point where you go from, you know, not really having any responsibility other than yourself to having other things you're responsible for. Maybe it's your parents, your spouse, your kids and your mortgage. And when that happens, the overwhelming fear or uncertainty of whether you're doing it right really creeps up. And as I was, you know, talking to lots of people, naturally talking about money, because that happens when you're around me, uh, 
it just kept coming up over and over again. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm tra- on track. I feel like I'm not saving enough or I don't know what, whether my goals are, you know, able to be, you know, something I could achieve. And that just kept happening. And I had spent the last three years before Grove working as a venture capitalist at Google after selling my last company to Google and, you know, had been watching and investing in lots and lots of startups. And the more I heard about people needing something, the more I looked in the industry and the market, the more I realized there was, there had to be a product like this. And it it kind of felt like my calling to, to leave Google and and go start a company. That's cool. So you didn't personally probably work with a financial advisor during this time frame in your life because you were so in, into this stuff. Is that right? Yeah. I remember a few moments where I would talk to friends of mine and say, well, you know, have you not built a future cash flow model for your life? Like, <laughs> is that why you're stressed out? And I got a couple stairs that were like, yeah, no, I definitely haven't built a future cash flow model for my life. Uh, and so as I started realizing that maybe I was, you know, more the exception than the norm, uh, it became clear that someone needed to build something so that this, this whole industry could make more sense to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I have, I have a lot of, a lot of friends that'll come up to me and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll ask me questions or they'll talk to me about certain subjects. And like you said, in your brain, it's like, Oh, well you, you don't, you don't automatically just do that. And I have to remind myself that a lot of people out there just don't care about this stuff as much as you and I do, Chris. And they, yeah. don't, they don't nerd out on, a, on, a, on as much. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They are specialized in other areas of their lives that make them great. So they need this this type of help. So uh, you know, there's there's lots of other companies out there that are that are um, you know providing services like this. What makes you guys a little bit different? Tell us a little bit about how it works. Yeah. So the way the process works today is, and, and the way we were able to start the company and why we were able to offer it a lower price is we build software and we build that software to make the experience better for the client and better for the financial planner. Um, so we have a team of certified financial planners on staff. We build software that makes their jobs easier. We build software that makes the consumer experience better, which makes the, the overall process more efficient and, and us able to offer it more affordably. Um, how it would work was you sign up, you fill out your profile online. The entire experience is virtual. Uh, you'd sync your accounts so you don't have to go collect all of your old bank statements. And that, that gets shared with a financial planner who you schedule a kind of review call with. Uh, you and your planner and your spouse, if you have one, uh, will talk about your goals, where your situation is today, kind of how you think about money, how you think about risk, what you really care about. And that financial planner will go and take all that information and build out a personalized plan for you. And that plan will not just take a look at, you know, your investments. It also takes a look at where's your cash? What should you do with your debt? Are you optimizing, you know, where you keep your cash? What ways could you save more efficiently? Whether that's things the government might offer, like an IRA or a 529, things your employer might offer, like a 401k or an FSA or an HSA, or maybe a stock purchase program. Uh, How to think about all of those elements of ways you could save better, ways you could optimize your finances, And also ways that you could save for the future. So whether that's a long-term investment portfolio, how it should be invested, how to align that with your goals and your risk. And so we kind of build an entire plan of all of that. And and one section is all about optimizing your current situation. And then another is all about the future. Hmm. So we want to dive into your goals, make sure we understand what they are, make sure you understand what you need to do to accomplish them and how to get on track and help you build out a plan to be on track and kind of bring up your kind of financial confidence meter uh, so that you're on track for what you care about. 
And we leave everyone with like very actionable specific things. So we're not going to say, oh, you need an emergency fund. We're going to say because of your lifestyle, you need an emergency fund of X months of expenses. That number is this and that we recommend you open it at this account, not because they're paying us. We don't make the, you know commissions from the referrals, but because we've evaluated a lot of financial institutions and we think that they have the best interest rate and the best experience. And that money that you should put in there should come from this account or a combination of these two accounts. And we're going to leave you with very specific advice, not just on where to put your money, but you know if you wanted to go into your Vanguard account, here's what you should sell and here's exactly what you should buy. Uh, and we found that by doing that, you know, we have the overwhelming majority of our clients all taking multiple actions in the first month working with us because we've made it easy. We've taken the time to understand them. After we deliver this plan, you know, you hop on the phone with an advisor and you get to ask questions. And we kind of make sure that you really understand everything. Uh, I think that's the core of the early part of the product. And then on an ongoing basis, you know, we stay in touch with you, help make keep you accountable, help proactively reach out if things change in the market or with your situation to help you figure out how to keep staying on track as life takes its kind of inevitable twists and turns. That's perfect. When I, when you and I were talking on top of each other, you actually answered the question I was going to ask about, is it just investment advice? But it sounds like it's much more, it's much broader. We're talking about, you know, savings plans, you know, paying off debt, things like that, uh, estate plans, things like that. Is that right? Yeah, when we we talk to people about investment products and you know the question most people have and are top of mind and concerned about isn't I've got a certain amount of money to invest for 30 years which you know index funds do I pick it's I'm able to save this much and I could put it in an investment account I could put it to save for my kids education I could put it to pay off my student loans I could put it to go on a vacation and I don't know which one of those things is appropriate and whether doing one of them is going to totally ruin my chance of doing something else I care about and what should I do and investments are a piece of every kind of financial plan but so is understanding your goals and and allocating your resources in the right way and kind of really changing some key behaviors and so we take, think that you need to take a look at everything before you can take a look at one thing. And so, so we don't prioritize investments over anything else because we want to make sure we get the full comprehensive picture first. That's great. So where does the, the robo per, uh, part of it come in? Where does the robo advisor part of it come in? Yeah, so two places. So one, what software lets us do is if you work with a traditional financial planner, you know, you might hear, oh, if you could print out your brokerage statements and bring them to our office, you know, we'll we'll go through them. And so the, the robotic software element of what we do makes it easier for all the information you have about your life and your finances to get passed on into kind of all the secure software we've built. And we use that and we encrypt all the, you know, all, all of our things so that we can basically have access to that information when we're doing the planning. And then when advisors are doing planning, you know, a traditional financial planning software might spit out a hundred page PDF. Uh, that's really confusing. So they might have to spend three hours walking you through it. We've designed our financial plan on our own from the ground up. And so we're able to take all of that information because we've built the software ourselves and display it in a way that actually feels more human and might make sense to you and that you could read on your own. Um, so the software lets us both make advisors jobs easier and make the experience better for a client. You don't need to come to the office at, you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday. You could fill out your profile online whenever you want because it's online. Uh, the robo-advisor part I didn't mention, which is we do have another product uh, that we offer clients completely optionally called Grove Invest. Some of our clients love after they've gotten kind of a plan and gotten on track to say, you know what, I'll just manage my investment portfolio. 
and that's fine. We'll tell them what to do. And some people are a little bit overwhelmed by making trades themselves and rebalancing regularly. So we do have kind of our version of a robo-advisor, which is a managed investment portfolio. We do charge a competitive rate to a lot of other services of 0.25%, um, but we actually waive the, the fees on the first $100,000 of your investment portfolio for all of our members. That's great. That's great. Okay. So it sounds like you are competing in this market of the $2,500 per year or $5,000 per year financial advisor. And we talk about this being an affordable way to manage your money and, and really grow your wealth. Help us understand the cost structure. What does something like this cost me? Yeah. So right now, uh, if you sign up today, the price is $600 a year. Um, that's because we're, we're offering an early customer discount to get there right now. And, uh, you know, that, that gets paid just up front once per year. There's no kind of depending on how much money you have, you have to pay more. We kind of wanted to, to charge a fixed rate for everyone because, you know, we're doing the same amount of work, um, you know, looking into everything and, and it's not about your investments entirely. So that's how we charge today. Um, there, that's, that's the only fee to become a member. There's no, there's no catch or, you know, hidden other fees beyond that. Okay. How, how is a company like yours able to do it for a quarter of the price that you would normally pay? What, what are you guys eliminating? How how does this work? How, how, How do you guys, how are you guys able to do that? Yeah. If you look at kind of statistics about traditional financial advisors, they spend about 80% 80% of their time doing things that aren't working with clients and 20% of their clients time directly working with clients. So because we built software that allows both the client and our software to do a lot of that back in the back office work, processing data, interpreting financial statements, um, all of that kind of stuff, we just save the time of the advisor from doing things that you would otherwise be paying them to do. Um, because we've kind of built a, a, what I'll call, you know, really beautiful interface to thinking about your finances, we actually find that our clients understand things better. And if I can help you understand your finances more easily, then I don't need to spend three or four hours walking you through a hundred charts, you know, printed out in a binder. Um, you know, I tried to do the math once on the average cost an advisor spends on paper, toner, and printing just for uh, a client per year because it seemed like, you know, for, for one of the financial advisors at our office at their previous job, they were printing out hundreds and hundreds of pages per year uh, per client. And my rough calculation that it was in the like, you know, close to a hundred, if not more dollars per year, just on printing and paper. And so there's all different kinds of ways we use those efficiencies to drive the cost down. I love it, man. So how, how many people are working at the company now? Yeah. So right now we have a team of 13 people. Um, we'll probably be 20 in the next, uh, few weeks or months. Um, and yeah, we're, we're working hard. That's great. You guys are based in San Francisco. We're based in San Francisco. Yeah. So the, the, the growth from 13 to 20, I'm assuming the adoption level has been, been going pretty well for you. Yeah. So right now, um, you know, you could argue it's going too well. Uh, right now we actually have a wait list, uh, to be totally transparent. Um, if you sign up today, which, you know, we start people off with a webinar, which is why I have this great, uh, set up right here. <laughs> um, the, there is a wait list right now and we've got people who are really excited to use the product. Um, actually pay uh, $50 gets you to hold your place in line. It's a refundable deposit. Uh, and so that helps us kind of understand the demand so we can build, build and scale up the team faster. And so, 
you know, we're prioritizing scale based on demand. And right now there, there's a lot of it because there's just not a lot of options. That's great, man. Well, cool. You found a great market there. So where do you see the company going in five years? If you look back and you say, Hey, I've done a really great thing. Where, what would you be happy seeing in five years from now if you, uh, with Grove? Yeah. So, I mean, right now we're just only able to tackle a small part of the market because of our size. So for one, I'd love to be able to help more people, right? Right now there are people that don't know about us, um, haven't found out, haven't hit the complexities of life that financial planning is important. Um, I want to be able to build a company where all of those people can get advice and advice they can trust. Um, that's, that kind of covers their entire financial picture. Uh, right now there's a probably 20 different sub industries of, you know, financial advice and planning. And, uh, I think many of those industries have some room to grow and innovate, uh, things like estate planning, things like life insurance, things like banking and checking accounts and all of them. There's, there's plenty of room to adopt a more customer centric mentality and, and user, you know, design centric products. And so I'd like to think that as we grow, we're able to offer more products and services to people that are continue to operate in their best interest, align nicely with their financial plan, uh, and just save people time and money on what they need to, to do to live the most fulfilling lives they can. Uh, and so we'll be working on that over the next you know five years. But in the short term, it's really just trying to grow and scale the, the product and the team so we can help all the people that are waiting to get on board. Well, that's great, man. I love conversations like this. You guys have taken a, a major, major problem in our country and you're attacking it head on. So congratulations uh, for, for doing what you're doing, man. Hey, while, while I've got you, you said you're you're an, uh, you're an artist with optimization and you're a super personal finance guy. Like, what is your favorite optimization financial hack that you could share with us today man i'm uh, i'm about to release a video series of my own about about different financial you know tips or hacks and i've got tons of them and i don't even know where to start um you know on the spot um i think my biggest hack is is just helping people think through the process of of where they live and, and buying homes. And it seems to be the American dream to buy a home. And I think my hack is really the opposite of a hack, which is the biggest hack is not getting caught up in things you think you should do and acting in ways that maybe aren't in the most economic interest. And so buying a home may seem like a great idea on paper because, you know, you're putting money into an asset. But at the same time, if you look at all the costs that come with it, the real estate agent fees when you sell, the HOA fees, the insurance, the property tax, the mortgage interest, um, the maintenance, the repairs, and you kind of sum all that up, sometimes, you know, if your mortgage were $2,000, uh, or sorry, if your rent was $1,000, you might be spending $2,000 a year uh, to own a home, or sorry, per month. And if you're spending an extra $1,000 a month buying a home, uh, and you instead invested that money, you could actually be putting that money to work and, and having the same amount of investment in assets that you know will benefit you in the future. And so you know, I just kind of try to really think deep on every big decision about whether it actually makes sense and try to remove the emotions from it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good hack. It is. Well, you know what? I think that um, home, home ownership can be a blessing, but it can definitely be a curse if you've done it the wrong way and you're forcing something. And, and don't, like you said, what you're supposed to do, right? Man, if especially in Northern California, <laughs> uh, you, you you don't have to buy a home in Northern California. You could you could easily drown yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's a bit crazy out here, and sometimes. 
I think people real, don't realize that, you know, oh, we're going to start a family in three or four years, so we should buy a house to, that can hold them. Uh, well, <laughs> if you were renting for the three years until you have that family, you wouldn't need the, the extra two bedrooms. So the money, you, you, you know, you might compare the cost of a three-bedroom rental to a three-bedroom house and forget the fact that because you lock yourself into the house, you've got to buy those three bedrooms now. But if you're renting, you could wait two years before you get them. And that's a lot of savings. And I think when you get caught up in what you think you're supposed to do, you might forget what's actually best for you. And if you really plan, you know, look down for the rest of your life and what you really care about, the money you might save might be the difference between paying for half of those children's college and, and it might actually not actually be worth it. Uh, so I guess the real hack is like, just figure out what your goals are so you can prioritize what you do. Well, it sounds like Grove might be able to help us do that. So tell, tell us about this, uh, this free financial checkup that I, that I saw on the website. What's that all about? Yeah. So we just wanted to give people a way to kind of answer a few questions and get a few basic pieces of advice to kind of think about not only what they should be doing without needing to sign up for a financial advisor, but maybe understand ways that their situation lines up with the product we offer. Um, so we'll ask some basic questions about, you know, your spending or your budget or how much you have saved or what, you know, what kinds of things you've done in your life and, you know, come back and say, here's what our general guidance is. If you don't have an emergency fund, here's kind of about how much we think is on average a good amount to have. And we'll also let you know how some of these areas we might be able to help and some of them we might not, you know, um, just to kind of help you get an understanding of some basic things you might be doing wrong or could improve and, you know, ways a professional might help. And, you know, there's no obligation to take it and sign up and, you know, become a client of ours. You could take it and just see what it says and see if it's helpful and go from there. Yeah, everybody, I just did this um, literally maybe three hours ago. There's no email required or anything like that. You go through it. You can learn about um how Grove kind of di- diagnoses your your financial situation and kind of get a flavor for for how they work together. So, so um, Chris, where can people find this free checkup, and then where can people learn more about Grove? Yeah, so our website is hellogrove.com. Um, um, we're we're trying to be Hello Grove on all all of the social medias, but uh, you know we're working on Facebook right now. Uh, no one's using it, but one day we'll have it. Um, so you can find us there. You can find me, uh, you know, at Hutchins on Twitter. Um, and you know, you should be able to sign up for either take the financial checkup on our website or sign up for a webinar and, you know, see this studio again with one of our financial planners who will kind of walk through a little bit more about what we do, give you a chance to ask questions, uh, and just share a little bit more about the product. We'll actually walk through a a demo of the product, uh, and get a chance to see it and understand what, what you'd be getting if you were working with us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us, Chris, and congratulations for building a company that's really solving a major issue in our country. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to help talk about this with people. It's really important. An hour of debt destruction and investing for the future. That is uh, the kind of show that I like to produce, man. Dr. Joe's question helped Ryan and I reviews ways to crush huge amounts of debt. Carmen's win showed us the importance of budgeting and tracking your debt pay down process. And Chris from Grove shared with us the importance of managing those fees and investing early. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 107. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out professional advice for your specific financial situation. I have a quick favor to ask, my friends. Could you tell two friends about this show today? You know, 
there's got to be somebody out there who's a young parent looking to figure all this crazy financial stuff out. Just shoot them a text with your favorite episode or with my site, marriagekidsandmoney.com. I would really appreciate it. Your recommendation, you you saying to your friend, hey, this is a guy I trust and I really appreciate his opinion. That would mean the world to me. So thank you very much for considering it, everybody. This month on the show, we have an excellent lineup. Next week, November 12th, author, podcaster, and corporate consultant Pete Makaitis is going to tell us how we can all be awesome at our jobs. And then the week after that, November 19th, Jillian from Montana Money Adventures is going to join us to discuss what it's like both financially and emotionally to be a foster parent. And then the week after that, November 26th, last but certainly not least, we are doing a double interview episode with Martin Dasco and Kristen Manieri on the importance of date night. Because, my friends, without a solid marriage, our wealth won't matter at all. That's our month ahead, everyone. I hope you join, and man, it's going to be a blast. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Theodore Roosevelt. It is only through labor and painful effort, by grim energy and resolute courage, that we move on to better things. Let's get to work, everyone. Carpe diem. 